0: iyo.com What is up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Waybreak podcast. I'm your host Dylan Kelly, founder and CEO of Waybreak. We are a leading email and SMS marketing agency for high-growth e-commerce brands. If you're not getting the most out of your email and SMS marketing in 2021, hit up me and my team at waybreak.com. And if you're new to the podcast, I interview the people behind high growth brands uh, who are scaling fast with great quality products and not leaving anything behind in the process. So really excited for today's episode. I am joined by Dominique Gagno, founding team member and chief innovation officer from Caldera Lab. Uh, she has a, a lot of experience in consumer uh, marketing and C, and it's just really exciting to get her perspective. And specifically, one thing we're talking about is segmenting out customers and how making it harder to buy your products will make your whole life and business easier. The details in this episode of the Waybreak Podcast, let's jump right into it. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Dominique.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Dominique, really excited to have you on the show today and excited to talk about Caldera Lab. You guys are doing things a lot differently than a lot of brands. Uh, you know, you're following the DDC playbook, but you have your own twist to it, which I think is really exciting. Um, so before we dive into all the nitty gritty, uh, for the people who aren't familiar with Caldera Lab uh, or yourself, like quick background on you, what's your background? And tell us a bit about Caldera Lab as well.
1: Sure. So in terms of me, I actually grew up in the consumer products world, specifically baby products and skincare. Um, I worked in a family business throughout my childhood in the world before the internet that negotiated exclusive rights with European prestige skincare brands to launch them into the US market. So all that to say is, you know, I was being pulled out of school at 10 to work trade shows. I was our lead new account closer by 12. I was managing sales reps by 14. I kind of grew up. In that world and then while i was being groomed to take over that business my parents sold it my first year of college so i was like now what and ended up kind of finding my way to brand innovation or some folks call it brand incubation and i've really made a career on identifying and delivering on new consumer business opportunities for a variety of different entities so i've worked for fortune 100 cpg companies and corporate innovation for celebrities in a celebrity incubator that launched for example, Goop for Gwyneth Paltrow, for investors directly and for founders in the VC backed startup world. And these days I lead a brand incubator in Atlanta, that's where I am now, um, focused on sustainable consumer brands. I'm a startup advisor with a soft spot for female founders if we wanna talk that. um, And am a founding team member of Caldera Lab, um, which I know we're here to talk about today. So Caldera Lab is a clean, prestige skincare brand based out of Jackson, Wyoming. We launched January 2019 with one signature product. We are a very proud B Corp, and all of our products—and I say products because we have more coming down the pipe this year—are certified Made Safe, which is one of the most stringent clean certifications you can achieve. Um, and we serve, you know, what we think is an underserved segment: men 35 plus. Really focused on their unique preferences and needs: thicker skin, facial hair, scent preferences, aesthetic preferences. While being inclusive of women, I use the products daily. We have a very vocal set of female consumers who love what we do as well.
0: That's awesome. So yeah, I'm really excited to dive in today because you you have a lot of experience. You have a lot of behind the scenes insights uh, from like everything you've done. And then also like the approach that you guys are taking specifically with Caldera lab as well. It's just like really cool. And I can tell you guys are definitely playing the long game, which like we were discussing before we hit record, like that's more important now than ever with the increase in competition. Um, You know, not just in advertising, like I always talk about, but also within the marketplace, like anybody can start a brand from their bedroom or their basement. So, so I guess like starting out, like let's dive into the, just like overall, like how do you guys approach product? Because you don't have um, a huge, you don't have a lot of skews. I think you just currently, as of recording this, you just have one, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just
0: one SKU, <laughs> been in business for a couple of years. And even that one SKU you do have now, you spent years testing. So tell me a bit about why you guys are product first, why you believe that's important. I mean, you have a lot of experience across a lot of different brands. You have an amazing background. This is obviously not just something that you're like, oh, let's just, you know, spend a lot of time on product. You wouldn't get behind this if it wasn't a good product. Like, why is that? And why is having a great product so important nowadays?
1: Yeah, I think it's one of the... So I've been working with our co-founders, Jared and Stacy. It's a husband and wife team for over four years now, actually, since the very beginning. Um, and one of the things that kind of appealed to me and inspired me just kind of as a team member is their focus on quality. Um, and I think we were talking about earlier, I think these days, the barriers to entry have lowered for consumer brands, you were talking about people in the basement, there's so much saturation, there's so much like noise a consumer gets every single day on their iPhone, you know, on their laptop. And if you're able to acquire them, actually, what creates a sustainable business is the trial to repeat the loyalty, the LTV. And that requires an amazing product. So You know, a lot of people, I have like the classic CPG marketing, brand management background. A lot of people ask me, what is good marketing? And I say, it starts with product. Um, You need something compelling, something differentiated, something that will get a consumer to switch and then stay with you. Um, And that's one of the things we've been most proud of at Caldera Lab. We've had kind of, you know, from our cohort analysis, really great repeat in LTV from day one. Um, So you were asking what kind of drives... Product development at Caldera Lab, which is something I think about every day. Because we are working very hard. We have our men asking us for more products. Um, We're working very hard to get new products out the door. But first and foremost, you know, quality. And I think we think about that in a lot of different ways. First, it starts with like what is the use case? What performance is a word we use a lot? Performance. What are we trying to achieve for our consumers? So it does start with the consumer first mentality and we just don't want we actually aim to be multifunctional basically to beat the benchmark so we don't just offer you know our core product is a multifunctional serum it's not just a serum it's a serum and moisturizer in one it doesn't just deliver one or two or three classically called anti-aging we don't like that we call it healthy aging benefits but we actually deliver eight in the product proven by a clinical study which gets to the next thing we didn't wanna just rely on clinically proven ingredients to tell our story. We actually go the extra mile and prove it ourselves and test and confirm performance ourselves. So one of the reasons it took almost three years to make it to market with our current product is uh, we did two custom studies beyond your your typical, okay, this is gonna be for the skincare geeks out there. You typically do an HR IPT, study to test sensitivity, to make sure it doesn't irritate. You do a PT study if it's water-based to make sure the preservative system is there. You know, everyone does that, but we did a custom clinical study, eight weeks, 60 people doing both self-reporting and clinical instrument measures run by, you know, dermatologists, as well as an antioxidant study to actually measure the potency per drop of our facial oil of antioxidants, which deliver all the health benefits and the corrective benefits. Um, to prove that we had a more potent formulation than what was in market. So, you know, and then the quality, I think, in terms of product, extends to everything. A lot of thought went into our packaging. I know we were talking about that earlier. Um, a lot of thought went into our supply chain and making sure it was as light footprint as possible. You know, I think a lot of consumer relies on China and Indonesia and, you know, that aspect of the supply chain, which is a whole other conversation. Actually, our entire supply chain currently is Europe and U.S. We wanted it U.S. only. We really do believe the carbon emissions and, you know, that that aspect to shipping ocean freight cartons and material over makes a difference. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of thought put into kind of all aspects of what we were doing and how we built the business.
0: Yeah, that's great. I love that um and like taking the approach to the long game i think is like super important cuz like we're kind of past the glory days of just running like you know 2015 2016 you could just throw up a facebook ad and it would just crush and you could build like people and like even our clients like i was watching this people were building eight figure businesses literally overnight like one of waybreaks early clients like they went from zero in revenue to over a million a month within like 6 months and this was somebody I mean, this was like a drop shipper who eventually they evolved into a normal brand, but like, that's what it used to be. It's not like that anymore because like you said, like you need repeat, you need LTV and like a lot of it starts with your product. It has nothing to do with your marketing, but if you don't have a great product to begin with, and especially in the space that you're in, like if you have something that doesn't even work, you know, you're definitely not going to get any repeat business. And if you don't have repeat business, you can't build a business. Um, And I love that you guys take the long game approach to really the business overall as well. I know that's something... That's uh, big with you guys too. Is like you have this like influencer celebrity aspect of the business, but instead of going straight straight for it, doing a bunch of sponsored posts, you guys really took a different approach to influencer marketing, and it's something that you know we've talked about on the podcast before. Like I had Alex Dasmalchi, founder and CEO of Vanity Planet, on last year. You know their strategy is like they really double down on key influencer partnerships versus just like throwing up a post with as many influencers as possible, and then you know forgetting about those people and not caring a month or two or even you know, days later, uh, which once again, right, that worked really well in 2015, 2016, when like influencer marketing was new and engagement on Instagram was really easy to come by. Tell me a bit about your approach because you have the founding, um, you know, the founders of the brand do have that a bit of that celebrity status. They're really well networked. They're looked up to in in their respective industries. Tell me about that and how you guys played that. Uh, You know, you talked about the product first approach, but also like on the marketing side, like how are you playing the long game as far as influencer marketing goes to stay competitive?
1: Yeah, um, and I know we talked about uh, talked about this a little bit before you press record, so. This is, it is very typical with a lot of brands to, you know, spot an amazing opportunity or an unmet consumer segment and say, we're going to attach a celebrity to it and boom, that's going to make it successful. And sometimes it works well. I think if there's an authentic relationship and a long-term integration, the celebrity really becomes part of the brand experience and story over time not in a one-off at launch. But a lot of times it fails. And I think because consumers these days are getting smarter and smarter. And you know as we talked before, they will listen to a recommendation from someone they trust. But if the product doesn't work, if it doesn't deliver, if it doesn't have meaning to them, there's going to be no stickiness, which is what creates a sustainable business. So I actually, again, had a lot of respect for Jared and Stacey. Jared, you know, for those who don't know our brand and know this couple, um, Jared comes from a kind of first wave Silicon Valley world. He sold his ad tech company for hundreds of millions. And then Stacy comes from LA um, and that celebrity scene. Um, and they actually called Aaron Lab as kind of a genuine birth of their marriage and partnership. When they got together, they realized they wanted a more conscious lifestyle and they wanted to raise their kids. They now have three little ones, um, you know, somewhere clean. And they chose Jackson, Wyoming, which is what our brand name is based on, which is a whole other story. But from day one, when I met them, this was before, you know, we had even decided um, the first product when we talked about the vision, she didn't want to be the face of the brand. He didn't want to be the face of the brand. They didn't want it to be celebrity led. They wanted the brand, the products basically to stand for themselves and the brand to have meaning to consumers without that layer. Um, And in terms of how that Amplified in our kind of influencer and affiliate marketing when we launched, there was a lot of hesitancy to just pay transactionally for um, content, for, you know, advocacy on on Instagram. And um, they kept using the word authenticity. And even with their friends and network, it was if someone authentically loves our brand, let's have a conversation. Let's build a genuine partnership over time. So words authentic and partnership over time. And our affiliate network is slowly built. And I was kind of telling you earlier, we actually um, are connecting now with a former NFL player who genuinely loves our product, who wants to co-develop products, who genuinely believes in what we're doing and wants to get integrated in the company. And that is something we're excited about. Um, So it is a long game. We're probably not gonna reap the benefits of this at kind of a significant level of scale for another year or two. But we think consumers can, you know, it's such a transparent world we live in today and consumers get savvier and savvier. I mean, I remember when you used to pay for five-star Amazon reviews, consumers can tell the difference between what's fake and what's real. And um, so I do think there's an immediate lift in terms of our acquisition, in terms of our conversion, using genuine testimonials, like genuine reviews, genuine advocacy for our brand.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think it was like a year or two ago, too, I had uh, uh, Brett a guy named Brett Bernstein on my podcast, who's the founder of a company called Gatsby. And like what they do is like, they help you identify influencers within your customer base too, which is like kind of like what you're talking about. Like it's super important. And like it converts way better when somebody actually cares. Like even like, so for example, sponsors of the Wavebreak podcast, we've got Just Student and Clavio, who are two of our top partners. I love the platform. I could talk about Clavio for 60 minutes. People know that and, and it works really well. Like we're one of the few podcasts uh, besides, like um, Barbara from Shark Tank, that Clavio even sponsors. Like, there's really not well, many. Um, we we and love Clavio yeah. too.
1: We're, we're uh, yeah.
0: Clavio is great. Yeah. Shout out to Clavio, sponsor <laughs> the show. It's always awkward if somebody's not using them, but luckily, pretty much everybody's using them. Big product announcements coming this spring from Clavio. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and Clavio Thanks for sponsoring the podcast, Clavio. We love you, Clavio. Let's take a quick break and get a word from our sponsor. Listen, it's getting more expensive to drive profitable traffic to your website every month every year you need to do everything you can to maximize conversions that's why i love and use today's sponsor justuno they're the best tool in the game for converse rate optimization two things i really love about them right now i mean they're first of all they're a really great company really great team uh you know one of the best to work with uh but two features i love of just Uno, number one they have these ai powered upsells that you can take and put anywhere in your store that has HTML. So you can put them in the checkout. You can put them in your cart. You can put them on the product page. This is their Just Uno Plus product. And what's great about that, it has this AI in it that tracks buyer behavior and puts recommendations that people are actually going to buy. So you get more conversions and you get higher average order value. And it's just going to help your business scale a lot easier. And it's really easy to set up because you also get a strategist with it. And the Just Do Plus strategist, they know exactly what's working and how the best brands are leveraging Just Do And they can take that insight and apply it to your brand with zero learning curve um, and help you drive more conversions using their platform on your website. The second thing I really love about Just know is their advanced list growth tools uh, and specifically how you can segment based on traffic and a ton of other different metrics so you can really maximize list growth as well as conversions using on-site pop-ups and different promotions that they have. Um, and all of this works extremely well. Uh, Just JustUno customers see an average of 135% lift in revenue during their first year using the platform. And what's awesome about it is it also links to Klaviyo, PostGrip, and all the other software Software that you use, so you can close the loop, link everything together. Everything's personalized, everything's automated. It's all nice and flows and connected, um, and it drives great results. So, if you want to learn more about JustDuno Plus and snag a sweet discount because you're a listener of this podcast, all you got to do is go to justdunocom wavebreak. Link is down in the show notes below. It's slash wavebreak. Sign up for a free trial and get twenty percent off your first year by using code Wavebreak. Like I said, it's down in the show notes below. Go check them out. Let's get back into this episode. But yeah, I mean, like genuine, like, like, yeah, people are way smarter than than we make them out to be. Like, even like the Facebook ads back in the day, like, it's not like people were like stupid five years ago. It's just like, there was less noise. And now to cut through the noise, you need to be real, you need to be genuine. And I think that's great because like, you know, in marketing in general is like not always genuine. I mean, you think of like the Mad Men days where it's like, no, cigarettes are healthy for you. Um, and so it definitely stands out in the marketplace nowadays when you are genuine. And I think playing a long game is something that people aren't doing enough because we're still in the glory days of e-commerce, of direct-to-consumer, like but you got to do it right and you got to play the long game or a year from now you're not going to be here. So um, I guess to like continue on this note, like what are some other ways like in your marketing, I guess, like besides like playing the long game with influencers and things like does the rest of your marketing strategy look like for driving new business in a space that is pretty competitive um, as far as like, you know, I mean, there's the Sephora's, there's all of these these like the Sephora's and Ulta's there's all these growing direct consumer brands they're the influencer brands who are you know very influencer brand like I'm the celebrity this is my company Uh, what do you guys use to stay competitive and and just drive business uh within your marketing mix after you have a great product like how do you think about the rest of your marketing
1: yeah and that is a big question um I will say there is a huge benefit and competitive advantage to our business when your CEO and co-founder comes from the ad tech world and um, yeah. I think on, I was listening to one of your podcasts and I think the CEO was talking about always hire the best of the best. And that's been the mentality of our team from day one. So finding the best partners, um, you know, and putting putting in place kind of the best conversion funnel, if you will. Um, but a lot of people, I think, talk to that digital marketing and the need to do that well. Um, I think one of the more unique challenges we've had and what we've learned to be successful at. Given the investment we made in an amazing product and a product that is relatively a new experience for not just men, but women as well, which is a facial oil that's designed to be a serum and moisturizer in one, Um, you know, not a lot of men splash oil on their face. That wasn't something a lot of guys were doing two years ago. It still is relatively new. And that's what we want to market with first. Um, so a lot of our conversation is around education and thinking not just about the introductory moment and the whole consumer journey from a point of conversion, but how do we not just inspire them but educate. Um, and we've taken some different tactics than I think your average D2C company to ensure you know, um, we achieve that conversion that they really understand our product performance what it can do and they're excited to stay with us through that education it's a little bit of a longer kind of funnel than buy these socks they're better because they're made from a better wool um it's a it's a lot more of an education process we've had to build um in our marketing yeah and then i think for us kind of another big challenge when it comes to products but i think we're all facing these this challenge these days is like how to bring this to life via video. I think the whole world is moving to that kind of content. Um, you know, we are, will be launching on kind of YouTube and TikTok, and I've been working on some initial experimentation and strategies. Um, and I think for us how to do that well has been a big point of discussion for our team.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's, let's unpack that a little bit too. Like the, the education aspect, I think that's huge. Like we had a lot of people, you know, I feel like we keep going back to 2015, but it used to be able to just like go for the kill in a sense, like go for that sale right away. Now it is kind of like you do have to do a lot more nurturing. And it's like people get hit with ads for months before they end up buying something. But you also have a product, like you said, like people traditionally aren't doing this. um, And so you got to really educate them on it. Like, what does that actually look like tactically, like in your marketing? Like, I know you guys have a quiz, you have like this nice long landing page on your website about how it works. But like, Where are you coming from, you know, in the beginning and just like, how does that actually play out through your advertising and through the different channels? Yeah. And I
1: think this speaks to the long game um, that we were thinking about, which again, we wanted to build stickiness, that repeat, that LTV over time and really have us be the brand of choice with consumers. So, you know, first and foremost, in terms of the kind of start of funnel, um, I think we spent... (laughs) Everyone A.B. tests their ads and their copy and their landing pages. And I think I will say this team definitely went the extra mile in being very careful about the benefits because one of the risks to the end testing um, to get the right language, because also one of the risks is you don't want to acquire so many people, which is I think you're talking about these quick wins. That you get people who won't like the experience, who won't see the benefits, who you know are going to lower our re- repeat rate. We really are trying to um, have people understand and have people who will not deselect. So there was just a lot of a lot of testing, a lot of conversation, a lot of different copywriters came and went as we worked on that initial copy. And then I will say we thought about it as not just a landing page. We thought about it as you know, as we were targeting, bring people back. Um, From a strategic level there, we quickly, which was a little counter to how I was trained in kind of skincare and CPG, which is built on sampling. It's how Birchbox was built. There's a huge sampling. There's this thinking that you need samples. You need these single, single use packages that create so much waste that are really expensive, but that's what drives conversion. That's what drives acquisition. And we actually wanted to make it really easy for men to first understand, but then try. There was a lot of experimentation with different offers. We did have samples at the start and then we stopped. We actually found that full bottle um, with a 60 day guarantee and no questions asked, I think was what the language we went with eventually was what allowed for trial. So what was allowed us to move from education to purchase. Um, And then finally, we, we didn't kind of, we don't see marketing as stopping there. I guess no one does, but um, you know, from day one, we had a full-time customer service person and we saw that there would like both pre-purchase, but also post-purchase. And right now we have a trained esthetician who's our lead customer service person who's really, you know, and our, our consumers come to us with very detailed questions with very specific skin issues. And we invested that, you know, even though we're still a small team having that on staff from day one so that there would be that educational piece and a personalized piece um, to carry through. You know, And finally, to that note, I think you mentioned the quiz. So investing in data and investing in personalization, You know, we, we're looking at our tech stack, we're looking at bringing on a data lead, really making that strong so that we're able to know our consumers well and educate them well personally has been a big kind of point of conversation for us hopefully that answers your
0: question. Yeah. I actually really love one. Like, I mean, I like everything you said, but one thing you said, I thought is super interesting, which is like how you guys have focused on segmenting out customers to make it harder to buy so that you acquire better customers. I think that's really something that like I mean, like, if people are listening to this podcast and they haven't thought about it that way, like, maybe your repeat purchase rate is low because you're you, you're going for the quick win. It's like one time purchases. I'm trying to think of a way to describe it. Like, it's easy to like be really happy with those because it feels good. It's like, right, we're getting all this like fresh revenue. But like you said, like if we're building something for the long term, like we really need that repeat. And by segmenting out, like even like getting rid of a, something like a trial, like you know, eventually you can you can run it and make it successful. But I mean, even Netflix got rid of their trial. It attracts tire kickers. It doesn't necessarily increase performance. It doesn't attract the right people. Like you really don't want to attract everybody. And I think that's a, a big mistake people make in their marketing just in general. You know, even at the direct consumer levels, like they're not really clear on who they're trying to attract and what type of customer. Not just like, oh, this is Bob and Mary, uh, XYZ. They have three kids. They live in XYZ neighborhood or whatever. Like that's great. But like, really it's like, ultimately what do you want? It's like, oh, we want somebody with like $300 LTV because then we can do this and do that. So it's probably not going to be somebody who's going to buy a $5 trial and then never use the product again. And then if you're spending a lot of spend in that space, I just love that idea of like, let's make it harder to buy for everybody who's not an ideal customer. And then by increasing that barrier to entry, we get higher repeat. Um, You have a lot of experience with a lot of different brands. Like, is that what you've seen? Like when you raise that barrier to entry, you end up like helping the business on the back end, although you don't necessarily get that quick hit of new business on the front.
1: I mean, the short answer is yes. I guess I will frame it as like the challenge I've seen some brands do because we all speak to, you want to build off your base. It's all of this, like the way to get from 5 million to 50 million. How do they do it? They build off their base. You know, I worked on Skinny Cow when I was Nestle and I was part of a cross-functional task force meant to scale up the brand from 250 million to 1 billion, which was the same challenge. Like how do we build off of our base? But no one speaks to you. when you are pre revenue, pre launch, and aiming to go from zero to five million. It kind of matters what your base is. Do you have the right base? And so I think, you know, there it's, I always find it just as informative, not just people talk about like MPS and, you know, product development with your consumers and asking what they want and meeting their needs. It's just as important to know why did people walk away? How do we not meet their needs? Who are they? I, I think it's important to know both. I think it makes a difference in your strategic targeting. Because like what you said, you know, you get a lot of people trying um, if you make trial too easy, if you promise too much. I think there's there's a lot. I remember at launch, we spent a lot of time about setting clear expectations with our marketing, which was the same conversation I have with larger brands. You want to make sure You're promising what your product delivers. When people try it, it delivers that expectation and then they stay with it. If you over or under promise, you're going to lose them, let alone if you've targeted the wrong person. So it is really easy to just, you know, these days with Facebook to just um, create a lookalike audience off of a brand and say, that's going to be me. And it might not be. Um, So I think there's a little bit of art and science to how you think about targeting, again, when you're going from zero to one million, let alone zero to five. I think you, we, we went a little bit broad at first and we were very careful not to over assume who our consumer would be. We wanted to learn uh, who our base would be, who genuinely, authentically commit to our product and love our brand and what we stand for. And, you know, the values we're putting out there. So, um, yeah, it's definitely not the necessarily the traditional D C approach I've seen, which is can we make one million in four months and <laughs> right. we can't. There are people to your point who like throw something on Insta, make a million and go out of stock within a day, within 24 hours now. Like, but that's great. And if that's all you need, that's great. But we were trying to build the foundation for like a 50 million brand, a hundred million brand, a $500 million brand.
0: Right. That's smart. Which is like the type of company that it's like, you want to be in the store that people are buying every, every month, every quarter, every whatever, like just becoming an actual staple and you don't get that way without a good product and without all of the other things that you're talking about. It's, it's funny how it all fits together. And I really like what you said about two, one of those middle points, just about balancing underpromising and over promising. Um, I think that's super important because especially like as an entrepreneur and marketer, it's like, it's so easy to be like, Oh, it's not good enough. Like it has to be the best. And you almost end up o- over promising, like way too much. And then meanwhile, it's like, you got people who are probably like product side more back end. they're like, no, 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 like we have to be very cautious about what to say. And it's like really finding that balance is important. Cause like, you know, like sometimes too, it's like, you know, I sell pro services. So it's like, I get to deal with like setting expectations Super clearly, I've done this for the last five years. So I've experienced it all. Um, And we're dialed now. But like, right, you learn that way through trial and error. And it's so funny, because like, you know, a lot of people are okay, if it doesn't drive results as fast as you know, you might want to promise in your marketing, but then they end up being happier, because you're actually honest, and they get what they they get what they bought, um, which is really exciting. And I don't think people think that far ahead too. It's like, you know, some of them have your negative view. Like it could be good too, like short term, go read your negative reviews and see if they could be prevented. Cause like we've even seen with our clients specifically, it's like people just not knowing what shipping times are pre checkout could lead to a negative review where if they just knew upfront, you know, five-star review, it's a great product. Like little things like that, I think are really untapped for, for a lot of brands. And, um, you know, this has been super fun chatting. We're starting to, to come up on time here, but, um, just in general, like, we will love to kind of like summarize with just like, I guess, like something you're excited about for 2021. I, I know you guys are launching a lot of products. So maybe it's something to do with that. But as we wrap up here, like, what's something you're looking forward to? Um, yeah, in 2021. Now that 2020 is behind us, we're slowly but surely easing out of the second part of 2020 and 2021. <laughs> but um, what are you looking forward to the uh, the next the next part of the year?
1: other than getting out of my comfy pants. Um,
0: (laughs) Are you looking forward to that or no?
1: I I am. I am. I want to wear heels again. But uh, (laughs) from a business perspective, I will say, um, yes, we have great products coming out, you know, but stay tuned. But I think one of the big things we know our consumers, like all of us, are going to want to go back into the world full force, back to the gym, back to spas, back to travel, back to experiences. And we definitely see a lot of potential for our brand in prestige spas, hotels, and gyms. So we haven't talked kind of wholesale, but, um, that is top of mind for us. And, um, it's going to be a priority, especially as the world opens up.
0: That's awesome. Well, I'm super excited about what you guys have in the pipeline. So we'll make sure to link up everything down in the show notes below. It's been awesome talking with you, Dominique. Um, I, could talk for another like two, three hours. I mean, we didn't even get to touch on like B Corp. Yeah, Yeah. B Corp. We didn't get to touch on, you know, like more of your history and all the projects you've worked on, which is really exciting. So we actually will probably have to do another one of these in the future. But until then, where can people go to learn more about you and everything you've got going on?
1: Yeah, I would say go to calderalab.com. Um, and check out our products and sign up for our email newsletter. You will be the first to hear of our new
0: products. Awesome. So yeah, we'll link that all up down in the notes below. Dominique, thanks so much for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me. It's been a lot
0: of fun. Now, listener, before I sign off, stop me. If this sounds familiar, your email marketing is stuck. You feel like you could be doing email better. You're not generating enough email revenue and you feel like you're leaving money on the table but you don't have the time to figure email out yourself or or do it on your own because you have a business to run. Imagine this, imagine not having to worry about leaving money on the table with your email marketing. Imagine not having to figure out what to send, when to send it, how many emails should look, what automation you need, what segments you need, how often you should be contacting your email list or just worrying about sending the next email. You don't have to worry about any of that. Imagine having peace of mind knowing that your email marketing is generating sales in good hands. At Wavebreak, we help Shopify stores maximize their email marketing revenue. That's it. We don't do anything else. And we've created a system called the Wavebreak Method that, number one, makes you less dependent on Facebook or other marketing channels. Let's say something bad happens. Facebook says, see you later, Shopify store, and they just completely kill your ad traffic overnight. You don't have to worry. You don't have to stress because you're good to go because you have a cushion of email revenue. You don't have to worry about how or or, (laughs) what your wife is going to do or if you're going to be able to make rent or if you're going to be able to pay people because you have this cushion of email revenue to rely on. Number two, the second thing this does is huge and it's how stores scale from seven figures to eight figures uh, to nine figures. And the secret is repeat purchases. The Wavebreak method gets rid of one-time buyers and increases repeat orders. Number three, it keeps your email list engaged. You don't have to worry about Black Friday and beyond. We'll figure out the ideal amount of times that your list needs to be contacted to maximize revenue, and then we'll execute it for you. If you want to learn more about this system and how we can work together to apply it to your business, go to wavebreak.co to schedule a call with me. And I'll personally send you my calendar link and we can chat one-on-one. Now, I don't have unlimited time to do these calls. I can only do a couple of them per week. So if you want to get your call, uh, go sign up at wavebreak.co for it as soon as possible and we can talk about how we can work together. Thanks for listening to this episode. Subscribe to the show on iTunes to get notified of new episodes as soon as they drop.